I'll tell you what, weather-wise this weekend, you <laughs> couldn't ask for anything more. No. Oh, my goodness. It was absolutely – like, Bill Keenest, I'm not joking. If you wanted to – Sean, what is your favorite type of weather? Give me this weekend that we had here. I, you you yep. had some rain. You had some nice, crisp air. It was absolutely, positively beautiful this weekend. It was. I mean, Friday night, Friday night lights for all the all the high school teams and the fans that attended those games was exquisite. I mean, it was football, football, football weather, and uh, yesterday was beautiful. And today, got a little rain while everybody was watching the Lions game anyway, so... And well, you matter. know what? At least the weather was good. Uh, so many yeah. of our teams, not yeah. so good this weekend. It really was one of those weekends. And, you know, obviously that's what we're doing here on Gridiron Wrap. Yeah. We're talking about football and yeah. uh, the, the history of football. It's so funny, Bill, because um, you and I have known each other for a long time. And you know this about me. I am somebody, and I guess I'm I'm rare in the media business. Look, I have no qualms telling you. I love the Detroit Lions, okay? I do. I have a job to do, and sometimes that job means that you get frustrated because, you know, you're doing your job and you're a fan and you get frustrated and things like that. And the days of me losing my mind after a game and getting crabby and all that stuff are yeah. so long gone. It's uh, Bill, I don't know if I ever told you this, probably 15, 16 years ago, one of those games, and I, I remember my son kind of looking <laughs> at me like, Dad's going to lose his mind. Dad's going to lose his mind. And I was like... <laughs> It's not going to happen. It's not, you know, yeah. and it was like, okay, no more. I can't do that. You grow up right. and all that stuff. But with all that being said, today mm -hmm. was one of those woulda, coulda, yeah. shoulda, didn't. And I, I, just my personal opinion, I think those losses hurt more against our divisional yeah, that, rivals. There's no question, Sean. Losses in general, I, I, I always believed shared this opinion and lived it. The depths of defeat are far greater than the heights of victory. <laughs> a little dramatic there, but it's true. You know, when you, a loss just stays with you, it doesn't leave you. When you win, you're almost relieved. Okay. Whew, we won. Let's go. Um, but a loss, especially a loss. Yeah. They're all the same. They only count for one. We get that, but that was that was gut wrenching today for the Lions, and uh, it's going to be another case of just like what Michigan State finds itself in in a different way. But okay, how do we deal with this, and how do we turn things around? Because they pay the other players on the other teams; they don't care. They could care less what kind of loss you had. They could care less if you won or lost. So uh, yeah, it was it was a gut wrencher. It was a tough one. You know what's interesting, Bill? Uh, much like we were just talking about with Chris Renwick, which if you haven't listened, Chris does a fantastic job. Uh, make sure you, you you give him a listen on Sports Wrap uh, every Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Um, to me, Bill, this is a little bit like what we were talking about in regards to Michigan State. A lot of times fans are victims of their own expectations. Yeah. And, yeah, and what I mean by that is, if you were one of those guys that thought this was going to be the year, this was going to be 2011 redo, or this was going to be, dare I say, 1991, whatever the case may be, uh, yeah. maybe that's you because this team still had some work to do. And and mm -hmm. even with the loss, I want to say publicly, 
I still like Dan Campbell. I still like Brad Holmes. I still love the fact that they have extra draft picks next year. And I, I honestly believe that they're kind of building towards next year. So I, I don't want people to, to go down the sky is falling route or anything like that. But I honestly think, Bill, at least chatting with some people and looking at some of the banter on mm-hmm. Twitter today, maybe people wanted to put the cart in front of the horse. And, and that's yeah. part of the disappointment today. I think it I think it is and I just think it's part of the Lions fan psyche. Mm-hmm. Um I I really do. I I think you know the way they won last week um and going on the road to a team that they beat last year obviously everybody remembers that. And um it's it, it's the passion. It really is. And the Lions for a lot of reasons have given um, the team or the fans of the team, something to believe in. We talked about the hard knocks factor. You know, there's a lot of that over the first couple weeks of the season, but now uh, reality sets in. <laughs> and, um, and that, but that's why I think it makes today's game that much harder because shoulda, woulda, coulda, that's what, when you started the show with, and it's so true when you have a chance to win a division game on the road, golly, I mean, you want to grab that thing. And uh, it's almost like two wins because uh, it's on the road and it's a division, but didn't happen. And uh, it'll be dissected. Uh, there'll be, <laughs> there'll be expert opinion all week. Um, but the players need to, to deal with it tomorrow and move on and get ready for uh, Seattle next week, right? I think it's Seattle. Yeah. I, I want to talk about some of the positives from this game uh, yeah. because there were a, definitely a lot mm-hmm. of positives, but mm-hmm. before we do that, maybe we'll save that for, for next segment. Okay. Uh, Bill, I thought you had a tremendous, tremendous analogy uh, <laughs> in, in regards to in regards to Dan Campbell and yeah. the decision late in the game yeah. to to kick the field goal attempt the field goal i should say mm-hmm. on fourth down yeah and i i mean when you when you look at the flow of the game right you examine okay the previous time the lions went for it they got stopped and minnesota got the ball and, and scored on on that possession okay so it's late in the game if if you were to play the analytics um you probably would have had an equal opinion as to whether kick the kick the field goal. A lot of NFL kickers are making field goals that long. It's indoors, even though the windows may have been open. It's indoors. Um, it's on turf. I mean, how many college games have we seen field goals that long this year? Seems like a lot. So obviously, they know their kicker. They know the distance. They know the expectations. So they gave it a shot. Um, you also, and perhaps even more so in, and I think our opinion, if you have a chance to win the game with the ball in your hands, take it. Amen. Take it. Amen. And how many times over the years have we said, if you can't gain a yard, it's, you're, not, you're not any good. <laughs> it's just a yard. Now, obviously, they're paying the guys opposite uh, on the other side of the line. But, oh, my gosh. Um, but I do think, I do think the fact that the last time the Lions had a fourth and one, they got, they got stuffed pretty badly. Didn't So maybe that played into it. I mean, we're still dealing with the emotion of the game. 
uh, we're still dealing with human beings and, uh, and Dan Campbell's unique. I mean, I don't think anybody is, I mean, I, I, I ask you, uh, I ask you, Sean, you remember Dave Kingman? Yep. There it is. <laughs> Dave Kingman. Um, and all the baseball fans out there that remember Dave King and Kingman, especially was with, with the Cubs, you know, our good friend, Tim Pendell was a big, a big Cubs fan. And he loved the Cubs during that era. What was Dave Kingman? He was either going to hit it over the Ivy or he was going to strike out. <laughs> so there's really no in-between in some respects to Dan Campbell. And you cannot criticize those decisions don't work if you're applauding him when those same type of decisions do work. And today, more of them worked that didn't. Unfortunately, the big ones were the ones that that bit the Lions and uh, led to the defeat. It really is, Bill. I mean, it's it's a darned if you do, darned if you don't situation. Yeah. But I'm going to piggyback on what you said. I'm a big fan of I, I'm not going to throw eggs at the guy if you go for it. I, you know, because like you said, right. I mean, I, I'd rather if I'm going to go down, let the ball be in my hands. Yeah. I, You know, I want to control my yeah. own fate. And mm-hmm. that's what was a little puzzling to me, because yeah. the thing that I think many people, including yours truly, likes about Coach Campbell is he does have that kind of mm-hmm. gambler, gunslinger, throw whatever yeah. term you want out there approach. And mm-hmm. he was aggressive. And then at that moment, at that critical juncture, he decided not to be aggressive. And I, I think yeah. that was something that was perplexing for a lot of us and something that he talked about as well. In case you missed uh, Coach Campbell's comments, we will have them for you shortly. But as I mentioned, uh, he's Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian. There are a lot of positives to take out of this game as well. We're going to try to do that. Obviously, talk about the college football slate as well. That's what this show is all about. It's called gridiron rap, for goodness sake. So we're talking football. He's Bill Keenis. I'm Sean Belegian. So glad you could join us on a Sunday night here on 760 WJR. All right, listen, before we uh, hear from uh, Coach Campbell and his comments on not going for it on the fourth down, always like to let you know what's going on in the late games. Uh, Bill, uh, you said during the break, the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then some big game from Trevor Lawrence, uh, James Robinson with a hundred yards. They pound the chargers out in LA 38 to 10. I'll tell you what, uh, if that doesn't open people's eyes on the Jaguars to go on the road against the team that a lot of experts, pundits, fans, thought had a, a shot to get to the Super Bowl. It was the Chargers were up there with Buffalo and Kansas City. Um, but uh, holy mackerel, uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, I mean, he's a young guy. He's in his first year with Doug Peterson, and it's obviously paying dividends right now. What an, I mean, to me, that's the most impressive win of the day. Well, you've got uh, Packers and Bucks right now, 14-6. to 6. Late, late, late fourth quarter. What, Bill? 21 seconds left. Yeah. Buccaneers are at the one-yard line, so they have to score and hit the two-point conversion to tie this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. What What drama? Yeah. Rams on top of the Cardinals. Oh, they did. Yeah. 
uh, 20 to nine. Uh, right. Looks like Matthew Stafford is going to improve to two and one yeah. on the year there. Uh, Falcons just kneeled their way to their first mm-hmm. victory of the year. They knock off the Seahawks yeah. by a score of 27 to 23. Bill, as you mentioned, Seattle, uh, the Lions opponent next mm-hmm. week. Uh, Niners and Broncos tonight and then tomorrow night, the classic NFC East matchup with the Dallas Cowboys and somehow, some way, the 2-0 <laughs> New York Giants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let us know, Bill, if you have that uh, Buccaneer. I, you know, the interesting thing about a situation like this, let's see if it happens. Touchdown. They got in, huh? They got in. What I was going to say was, ha, um, there are situations where the defensive backs are told, take a penalty. Just don't let them complete the pass. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's half the distance to the goal. It runs time off the clock. Because in a situation like that, you have to assume that the Bucks aren't going to risk running the ball with no timeouts and, and what, 15 seconds left in the game. So oftentimes defensive backs, linebackers, whoever is in pass coverage will be told, you know, grab the guy, you know, envelop him. Just don't let him catch the ball. We'll take the half distance to the goal. They're not going to run the ball normally. And then we have another play to do the same thing if necessary. But uh, it's come down, coming down to a two point conversion. Yeah, we'll keep so, our eye on that one. Yeah. Uh, Russell Gage catches a one-yard pass yeah. from uh, Tom Brady. So 14-12, 14 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two-point conversion forthcoming. All right, uh, we talked about it in the previous break, and uh, you know it's going to be debated. It's going to be bantied about. It already has all afternoon. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan Campbell uh, was asked about his decision to not go for it on that fourth down late in the game. You get a first down, the game is over. No doubt about that. Uh, This is what Coach Campbell had to say. Yeah, I think that uh, that says it all. You know, Bill, the one thing that people forget, you know, again, it's easy for us after the game, you know, to sit here and and play the role of, you know, Monday morning quarterback or devil's advocate, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. But the one thing that I think sometimes people forget when you, you attempt that field goal is you're not giving the ball up at the 36 yard line, you're basically handing them another eight yards as well, Bill. If no you miss the field goal. That's a great point. That is a fabulous point. And um and that's what happened, obviously. Um it's from the the the, the point, the spot of the kick. And uh the uh Packers just uh deflected the two point conversion pass. So it looks like they're gonna win. They're gonna go down to Tampa and win. Wow. Um and uh, they the uh, the Bucks had a legal procedure on the first two point attempt, so it was a uh, it was an eight yard play basically, I think. And uh, how about that? The Packers are two and one atop the division with the uh, with, with the with the Vikings and the Bears. How about the Bears winning again? Yeah. So um, it's football. There's no doubt about that. 
Uh, cards hit a field goal to make it an eight point game with one Oh seven to go out in the desert. So clearly a, an onside kick is coming and then they have to score and then they have to hit a two point conversion mm-hmm. to tie that game. So it's and not Ram- over yet. Ram- it is the Rams. Oh, it is now. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Matthew is taking a knee. So, uh, so the Rams, uh, they fumbled. I think twice inside the five yard line today. So they easily could have had 14 more points, but, um, but give the defense credit for causing those fumbles as well. Well, I think everybody and their brother does the exact same thing that I do each and every week. I love to take a look at what Matthew Stafford did. So I'll get it out of the way for everybody right now. 18 to 25, 249 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions, had a couple rushes for three yards. And most importantly, uh, the Rams win this one to improve to two and one on the season. Uh, the Cardinals one and two. Kyler Murray with a big day, though, had 314 yards passing, didn't have uh, any touchdowns. But uh, the big, big receiver for the Cards today was uh, Marquise Brown. 14 receptions for 140 yards, Bill. That's what speed will do to a secondary. He can fly, and uh, yeah, that that's what what uh, speed does. You know? Yeah. So uh, Lions fall again to the Vikings, 28 to 24. Uh, as you mentioned, they are going to be in Seattle next week, uh, looking to get back to 500 against a Seattle team that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess there's no other way to say it. They are in uh, flux right now. Uh, right. They had their run. And uh, what, was, what was it you said last week, Bill? Uh, you know what? There are teams yeah. that are yeah. coming up and there are teams that are coming down. Yeah. I think Russell Wilson knew that the Seahawks were coming yeah. down for the last couple of yeah. years. And and the Lions cannot think that way going into the game because I remember a few years ago, and I think all fans will remember this one, um, the Lions had just, I believe, won two in a row. Um, and we, I think it was Green Bay, and then we go down to Miami. And one of the best wins in the Matt Patricia era went down to Miami and just dominated the Dolphins. We're coming back home to play the Seahawks, and uh, they they pounded the Lions, they pounded the Lions. So, um you know, the, the home crowd will undoubtedly help next Sunday. Um, but Seattle was probably looking this, at this game as a game they can be competitive in as well. Um, so they lost today to Atlanta. I'm not surprised at all about that. I think Atlanta is a good young team. They got to get the quarterback situation settled. Um, but I, I like I like the head coach. I like what they're doing. They've been close two or three other games or two other games this year, but they finally got the win today. So it'll be, it'll be a tough game for the Lions next, next Sunday. Bill, I love working with you for a myriad of reasons, but when you bring up those random games and honest to goodness, you, 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 <laughs> it, it, that yeah. Miami game, I, I yeah. remember plain as day because, yeah. you know, Steve and I were doing the post game and we were watching that. And, you know, after the disastrous start to the season, yeah. suddenly coming out of the bye week, Yep. The Lions are now three and three, and they just yep. played. I mean, that was a complete game. I mean, that was. was Matthew didn't have to put the team on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Carry on had a big game, as I remember. He Carry-on did. He had over a hundred yards. Yeah, yeah and, and uh, you know what? And it, it's amazing how that works out. And you know, that's the one thing I think a lot of times 
people think that, you know, a, a season is going to be just onward and upward or downward, you know, and it doesn't work that way. There are ebbs and flows. I mean, that's the National Football League today. It simply is, is you know, you, you can't take anything as a given in this league anymore. No, you can't. Um, I mean, parity is the foundation of the NFL. Yep. It's been that way forever, and we see it every weekend. I mean, I mentioned earlier, I think Jacksonville's win at the Chargers is is the most surprising game or the most signature win of the weekend. And who would have thought that? Nobody. Nobody. Not even close. Uh, everybody would have expected this, the score to be around the same, but, you know, not the same team winning. Um, so every weekend we see stuff like this. We do. Yep. And that's just, that's what makes it special. I mean, did anyone really think Aaron Rodgers was going to go down to Tampa and win? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Nope. And uh, Tampa, you know, it, except for a late last second touchdown, you know, and, and Green Bay was another team that fumbled inside the five yard line going in. So the turnovers are, are critical and uh, they, they could found a way to overcome that today. But uh, Aaron Jones, I think, fumbled the ball um, mm. in the first half. But uh Kudos to the to the Packers, and uh, it's as we've talked about many times, Sean. It's just like your golf game; it's not how, it's if. It can hit the tree, bounce on the green, and go in the pot in the cup. It's still just one shot. You <laughs> Doesn't got it. matter how it happens, Sean. You got that right. Yeah. <laughs> Niners and Broncos tonight. That is the NBC game, eight twenty. Yeah. Uh, kickoff time there. And then tomorrow night, uh, as I mentioned, an NFC East classic uh, Cowboys and Giants and, and Bill for the younger generation. Maybe they can't relate to this like you and I can relate to it. As God is my witness, it seemed like every Sunday when the Lions played at one o'clock, the four o'clock game was either the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins or the Dallas Cowboys or the New York Giants or the New York Giants and the Washington yeah. Redskins. It just seemed like every one in four were yeah. those, you know, those kind of couple of teams. Yeah. Lions were always the one o'clock game. Uh, the the four o'clock game with uh, Madden and Summer always seemed to be Cowboys, Redskins, Cowboys, Giants, yeah. Giants, Redskins. It makes in the Eagles a little bit, but uh, I think for the younger generation, mm -hmm. we're thinking back to the days yeah. of our youth when you see those matchups. No question. I mean, the 80s into the 90s, you know, the Cowboys – the Giants, the Redskins, um, and the voice of God, you know, God bless them. Uh, Pat Summerall did all those games. Yep. And that's when the NFC was exclusively on CBS originally and then Fox. And the AFC was on NBC. And uh, there was something magical about that. You know, the 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 wind swirling in Giant Stadium with papers flying everywhere, <laughs> and Lawrence Taylor coming off the blind side and sacking Jay Schrader or Joe Theismann or Troy Aikman, whoever it was. Later, yeah, um, yeah. magical. Yeah, you're right, Sean. That was magical. No doubt about it. All right, some more NFL stuff to talk about. I want to pick Bill's brains about. Uh, the college football weekend as well. Also, uh, as you mentioned, Bill, it was a beautiful, beautiful Friday night. You and I were both at games on Friday nights. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I, I was your game at home. Were you guys at home, Bill, for that one? We were on the road at Fenton. 
Okay, yeah, I I was at uh, Brighton and Northville, which was an unbelievable atmosphere just on a beautiful Friday night. So uh, we'll talk that up. Don't you go anywhere. It's Gridiron Wrap. So glad you could join us. He's Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belage, and you are listening to 760 WJR. You know, Bill and I were making conversation in the break, and I, we just stumbled upon something. And maybe, Bill, we can we can get some of these high school coaches to start doing this. The only thing I don't like about Friday nights around here mm-hmm. is that I can't go to two games. I like honestly, <laughs> may, yeah. Bill. Maybe we could do. We were just talking about the the old NFL schedule. You know, the the Lions yeah. being the one o'clock game, and then Dallas Washington <laughs> being the four o'clock game. Well, maybe we could schedule like a 545 game and, mm-hmm. and then maybe an eight o'clock game or something, because I, really, depending on where you live, where I live, I can drive two miles to Northville, where my daughter goes to school, mm. uh, two miles to Novi, about five wow. miles to Wald Lake, about five miles to South Lyon. I have a plethora of games, so maybe we can stagger it, Bill. So guys like you and I that love going out on Friday nights. We get a chance to see a couple games. I know a lot of high school football fans. I know a lot of football fans, period, that would love that. They can't get enough of it. And uh, the high school season is short compared to college and the pros as it is. So, yeah, it'd be it'd be wonderful to have uh, more games to uh, to be able to attend and just take all that in. You know, the just the passion and the emotion. The, the atmosphere is so unique with the student sections trying to out, outdo each other. Um, the band, I mean, the cheerleaders, the fans, the parents, and and the emotion of it. You know, there's probably not a high school game in this state where there aren't kids crying after the game because of what they put into it and the heartbreak of it. But at the same time, the greatest life lessons are on that field. I, I mean, I, I've said for years, and I'm biased and I'm partial, um, the greatest classroom a high school student will ever experience is the high school football field. There's no doubt in my mind. Sports in general, football in particular, there's nothing like it. It's what what truly mirrors life more than high school athletics. You're going to get knocked down. Are you going to get up? How quickly you're going to get up? What kind of attitude you're going to have when you get up? That's life. Yeah. And that's why we love it. That's yeah. why we like that's a big reason why we love it. I want you to talk about the game that you're at because uh, football is pretty big up in that neck of the woods. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mentioned I went to the Northville Brighton game, uh, Battle of the Unbeatens, and um, it was homecoming for Northville. So, you, I mean, they, they get a good crowd anyway, but I mean, it was absolutely packed. And I'll tell you what, the community of Brighton, I tip my cap to that them because I, I see it in every sport they play. I see it with their hockey team and I mm. saw it with their football team on Friday, Bill, I'm convinced that three quarters of the town of Brighton just decided that they were going to drive to Northville to watch that game. And it made for such a special night. Brighton came away with the win. So the hometown fans were a little disappointed, but what a wonderful, wonderful night out there. It's just great to see those places back like that. Yeah, it's magical. And uh, Holly played at Fenton, their arch rival. I didn't really appreciate how big a rival that has been over the years. When, when my boys were in the Flint Metro League, um, it was Lapeer, it was Oxford, it was Linden that were the teams that were uh, Lapeer East when there used to be a Lapeer East. Uh, Lapeer West had a couple good seasons. But um, but now, and, and my son, uh, Billy, said after the game, it, 
it's really like Michigan, Ohio State for these kids. And the place was packed. They had a, a wonderful military service um, uh, honoree show up. And uh, it was just, it was, it, it was what we all hope football, high school sports would be. It was magical. And, and you know, up, up where I live, you go a mile south and there's Lake Orion. You go a little north, there's Lapeer. You go a little west, there's Clarkston. You go a little east, there's Rochester. And I heard from a couple of people that the uh, Rochester-Adams-West Bloomfield game, oh. there, there could have been 20,000 people there the way people talked. And for, uh, for Adams to just, you know, really dominate that game in the second half, I think it was, it was close in the first half. Um, that's so impressive, but that's the OAA. Um, you have some of the best teams in the state with Clarkston and, and, uh, Adams and, and Southfield and, um, and certainly West Bloomfield, uh, it's great, great, great high school football. Yeah. That was the talk. I can tell you before our game last night, uh, uh, Wayne State lost to Grand Valley, who Coach Mitchell has one heck of a team again. Wayne State is young, uh, and and I'll tell you what: when when you play a team like Grand Valley, you better bring your A game every single time. And it was a teachable moment, I think, for some of those young players last night. But uh, Bill, I I work with a, a guy who a former Highlander who went on to play for Wayne State and made it yeah. to the Wayne State Hall of Fame, Josh Rennell, and. A bunch of his uh, old coaches from Rochester Adams were at the game. And so they all got around and had those big Highlander smiles on their face, kind of talking about what transpired the night before. And, you know, I mean, that's that's the beautiful thing. And, you know, Boys Bowl, you, you had Brother yep. Rice and Catholic Central at, yep. at uh, Lawrence Tech. I mean, that that's such a classic yep. matchup. And I, I, I will tell anybody, if you haven't gone to one of those games, when that's on the schedule next year, make a drive. That's that's yeah. a special time with those fan bases and those, yeah. you know, those proud programs. It 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 really is a great thing. And there's Bill. That's the beautiful thing about high school football. And I I can't tell you how much I love one of the hats I wear is working for state champs. But having the opportunity to go out on a Friday night, whether it be my old alma mater, shout out to Livonia Stevenson, you know where where my daughter goes to school and my son went to school in Northville. Just going out on a Friday yeah. night, it's just too much fun. No, it's the best, especially in those communities where it truly is, you know, the town shuts down and goes to the game, home or away. And uh, it, it it's it's magical. And you get the whole community involved. You, you go to the coffee shop on Saturday morning and you see the old timers in there talking about the game, win or lose. All the paper clippings are uh, attached to the walls from 20 years ago you saw yeah. and uh that is just so cool and it's it's again why it's so special and why we're so fortunate i mean the support for high school football in our area sean th there were probably a dozen games friday night where the crowds were bigger than a lot of division two games maybe absolutely. even some d1 games absolutely yep. and that's a testament to the school districts to the to the people, the, you know, the people in the communities that know how important that is. It's a it's a unifier. It brings people together. It brings students together. Brings the school together. And yeah, as we talked about earlier, I just hope everybody involved, certainly the players, realize that the memories they're making 
every Friday night are going to be with them for the rest of their lives. Just magical. Just so special. I'll, I'll tell you what. I always used to be of the opinion that the East side was well behind the West side in regards to um, the, the holiday that Friday nights are in the fall, yeah. because it's really is special on the West side for people that perhaps haven't experienced that. Bill, it's catching up here on the east side. Yeah. This has become a special thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, Bally obviously having their game of the week and, and so many different streams. And, yeah. of course, we we simulcast not only what Bally does, but yeah. what my, my coworkers at with state champs do. This is, this is becoming a really big thing. Let me strike that. This is a really it big is. thing now <laughs> on the east side. Yeah. There's no question it is. And I've been – I wasn't – uh, aware of the JR broadcast, the simulcast, but I leave my son's games and I immediately turn on the game. And in uh, Friday night, it was Brother Rice and Catholic Central. And and it, it's wonderful. And it's great for the kids. It's so yeah. good for the kids because that's special to have your, your game broadcast and family and friends. And with the internet today, you have relatives all over the country listening to those games. And that's Oh, gosh, that's special. You know, Blake, very quickly, but I know we're up against a break, but I got to ask you because I've confessed to Bill before. I was one of those guys. It didn't click for me until I got into my 30s. Like, it was just like, oh, yeah, it's my alma mater. I'll show up once or twice a year just to, hi, how are you, and all that. It didn't click to me just how important it is to the community and how special and magical it, it is. You're not that far removed from being out of high school. You're you're a young, and there's no doubt yeah. about that. Um, do you have that appreciation for that Friday night yet, Blake, or do you think that'll come with time? So I, my sister, who's like eight years younger than me, mm-hmm. we went to the same high school, obviously. So I was going for a long time because she was a cheerleader for Richmond, my alma mater, up in northern Macomb County. Yeah. And so I would go every Friday now on friday nights i'm generally working overnight so i don't get to go as much as i would like to but uh no i th- i mean there's nothing better like like you guys were saying just the atmosphere and like richmond's like one of those towns that everything shuts down on friday nights and everyone's at the game it's the best that's awesome oh that's so cool no doubt about that well i'm glad that you came to that realization a lot earlier than this old guy did uh, no doubt about that. All right, one more segment. We'll talk some college uh, football and uh, touch on the games forthcoming in the NFL as well. Don't you go anywhere. He's Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian. You are listening to Gridiron Rap on 760 WJR. Boy, Bill, can you bring that stat up again? What was, yeah, what was I, that uh, stat you just brought up? Remarkable. Uh, just in preparing for the the show i was looking through some of the nfl games and uh unless this information is incorrect which I, I don't assume it is uh in the dolphins miami game, or the dolphins buffalo game buffalo ran 90 plays offensively from scrimmage and miami only had 39 jeez okay. i mean i've never heard of a discrepancy like that uh, with the, the losing team running the 90 plays, you know, the, the, the majority of the plays. That's remarkable. Miami obviously uh, made their, their plays count 
um, because I've never, I don't ever recall such a large discrepancy like that. Jeez, oh, Pete, unbelievable. Hey, listen, I'd, I'd be remiss if yeah. I didn't mention, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the two colleges and in our backyard uh, in the Big yeah. Ten uh, in a game that was heard right here on 760 WJR. Of course, you're home for the Spartans. Uh, Bill, it was ugly start to finish. There's no other way to say that. I got a chance yeah. to watch most of the first half. I had my own broadcast in the second half, so I had to uh, kind of speed watch it this mm-hmm. afternoon. Uh, the Golden Gophers got on the Spartans early and just stayed on them, cruising to a 34-7 victory. Yeah. P.J. Fleck has himself a pretty darn good team. Uh, Michigan State certainly left uh, – asking some questions of themselves. It's not the sky is falling or anything like that, but uh, two losses like this and uh, Spartans have to figure it out quick because they're going to be facing a pretty darn good Maryland team as well. Yeah, no doubt. And I think uh, maybe for the first time uh, in a long time, Spartan fans would agree that it was a, uh, it was a blue weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Literally, you know, uh, for the football team, because, uh, you know, there were a lot, and, and they had a huge crowd to start the game. The You know, the atmosphere was great. And uh, credit to Minnesota. They just came down here and took it to them. And, I mean, what year is this for P.J. Fleck at, at uh, Minnesota? Five or six, I think? Yeah, I think it's is it five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's had two more years to get his recruits, his program, his foundation built. And you're building foundation incrementally every year so in some respects they should have a good team by now and they do they have a really good team and uh, i don't think any anybody in the big 10 would argue that so and like we've talked we talked last week about coach tucker and michigan state um it's another challenge it's another coachable moment if you will but there's too many of them right now to, to point at one they got to have uh you know their best week best day of practice uh, on Monday and best week of practice this weekend. And again, keep going up that mountain. Don't, don't backtrack, keep going up that mountain and, uh, and they'll be fine, but it's, it's a challenge. No doubt. Yeah. PJ, this is your number six. Uh, he's already put up an 11 okay. win season at Minnesota, yeah. uh, a nine win season last year. And I think everybody will remember the success that he had at Western Michigan. He took over, uh, a really struggling team. Uh, they went one and eleven in 2013, and they went 13 and one by the time 2016 rolled around. PJ knows what he's doing, and uh, I, I yeah. you know, in, in case people don't know, uh, you know, he he's very energetic, and I can't tell you how many times uh, somebody has yeah. you know asked me, "Is that real, Bill?" I don't know if you've ever met him. It's mm-hmm. real. PJ Fleck is like that. Twenty. Four seven. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He's really like that twenty four seven. Right. I have uh, some uh, friends in common with him. In fact, the friend that uh, PJ spent a year coaching in Tampa um, mm-hmm. with the Buccaneers, and uh, I have a, fr- a good friend that worked for the the Bucks at the time. And you know what? You just you just put the ball on the tee for me. PJ Fleck is who he is. Dan Campbell is who he is. Yep. And I'm. There were some detractors, you know, early on in PGA, certainly his tenure at Western. Um, and he didn't change. No, nope. 
And Campbell's not going to change either. It takes time. And it's the second year of a program. And even you look at today's game, um, you know, they didn't have the full complement of their offensive weapons. You know, DeAndre Swift didn't play. Uh, I'm not sure what the issue was there, but he only had seven carries, I think. And uh, and St. Brown, I don't think, played the full game. Yep. So, and again, I'm contradicting myself by saying to be that close without the full complement uh, is is encouraging, at least. Um, but again, every team has to deal with that. It's not when, it's, it's not if, it's when, when it comes to injuries. And uh, so they'll have to, you know, see where those two guys are uh, for Seattle. But, um, but yeah, it's 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 minuscule the difference between winning and losing. No There's doubt. No doubt. Uh, Michigan pulls away from Maryland. You yep. know, it, it, the final score is thirty-four to twenty-seven. But in fairness, Michigan kind of pulled away. They went up thirty-four yeah. to nineteen, and you know, Maryland scored late to make it a little bit more respectable. Uh, because it really was a dominant fourth quarter for Michigan. But I, I would say this to Michigan fans, and I I heard Chris doing it, and I know Blake is a big Michigan fan. Uh, you've come a long way, baby, because not that long ago, and even under Jim Harbaugh, a lot of these teachable moments were during losses, you know, where you, you lose to Utah or you lose to whomever. Um, it's a testament to where Coach Harbaugh has taken this program that – you know, his talent was able to say, okay, guys, we got to pull away. Let's get our act together and and find a way to get this done. And it's good motivation, quite frankly, before they go on the road for their first trip at a place that isn't easy, Bill, Kinnick no. Stadium in Iowa. No, and they've had a couple missteps there over the years, as we all know. But like we talked about earlier, the one thing about a running game and – uh and when you rush for 243 yards, I don't care what level it is, um, that's impressive. And uh, to be able – the running games travel. They travel on the road, and um, they travel well. And uh, and I, I really am encouraged by that. Uh, you know, McCarthy may not have had his best game, but you know what? He didn't turn the ball over. That's huge. No interceptions. And uh, he'll grow from that – from this game and uh, be better for it. But uh, – I, I like Michigan's chances because they've been there before. I was going to be fired up because of the last season. We all know that they're going to be, I'm sure they probably circled this game uh, on the count on the schedule early in the off season. But um, I really think uh, with Michigan's ability to run the ball, um, that's going to give them, you know, a bit of an edge going, uh, going into Iowa. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. That is one that, uh, for all the complaining and, and I, I guess, rips that people were doing about Iowa, Kirk Ferentz keeps getting that team yeah. to come around, doesn't he? It's amazing. You know, yeah. oh, this, this has got to be the yeah. end, right? And then they no. just keep winning. No, he's amazing. I mean, he's the elder statesman, right, of the Big Ten. Um, he's been around forever and, and has done a great job without no question. Doubt. Bill, it always flies by. Enjoy your week. I look forward to doing it again with you next week, my friend. Amen, Sean. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you, Blake.